Sound of Football with your host, Colin Summer, brought to you by WHIP. Yo, it's Sound of Football back with another episode. Hope everyone is doing well. Super wild card weekend just concluded, and there were some close games, but majorly... A lot of blowouts. I guess that's what happens when you add extra teams into the playoffs. But to say the least, a very interesting weekend. Uh, We're going to jump into it in a moment here. Uh, We also had all pros announced. Something else that I will be going over for this week. Got a couple of different things for you. Uh, Predictions for next week. uh, Team MVPs for this week. Uh, And of course, our recap for all of these games from the Super Super Wild Card Weekend. Let's get right into it, guys. So, first off, first game kicking everything off this weekend was the Bengals-Raiders. The Bengals win this one 26-19. A little bit of controversy in this game. I'll mention that at the end, but let's go over the statistics. Derek Carr, 29-54, not the greatest completion percentage. Did throw for 310 yards. He did have a touchdown. He also had a pick and a fumble. Josh Jacobs, 13 carries, 84 yards. He also added four catches for 44 yards. One of his better games of the entire season. Darren Waller uh, didn't really play much this year. He had a decent game in this one. Seven catches for 76 yards. Zay Jones, five catches for 61 yards. Had the only touchdown for the Raiders. And the defense only had two sacks. The defense couldn't really do much to stop the Bengals. Joe Burrow had a had a very solid day uh, for his playoff debut. First ever playoff win. Uh, first time that the Bengals can say or text somebody that they won a playoff game uh, because the last time they won, I believe, was 1990. But Joe Burrow, 24 of 34 for 244 yards, two touchdowns. Joe Mixon had 17 carries and 48 yards. Relatively stuffed throughout the day. He added four catches for 28 yards. Jamar Chase had nine catches for 116 yards. Uh, you know, a day in the business uh, for, for Jamar Chase, day in the office. No, nothing new to him. Uh, after one of the best rookie seasons, likely rookie of the year for offense. And not, not, nothing crazy for him, but still an amazing day to say the least. Three carries for 23 yards he also had on some uh, end arounds. CJ Uzoma had six catches for 64 yards and a touchdown. Tyler Boyd had four catches for 26 yards and a touchdown. The defense had three sacks, one interception, and one fumble recovery, kind of doing it across the board. And the controversy in this game was the blown whistle. Now... That whistle should have never been blown. That's my first thought. Uh, I also want to put out there that I'm rocking with the Bengals for the entire playoffs because as a Saints fan, I love LSU, always have. Big fan of Joe Burrow, big fan of Jamar Chase. And of course, Trey Hedrickson and Bon Bell, former Saints, are also only Bengals. So got to show my support. Eli Apple, even though I don't really support him, was a former Saint. So it is fair. But the controversy, so... Joe Burrow sliding out to his right, sliding out to his right, sliding out to his right, nearing the uh, out-of-bounds territory. And my apologies for my dog barking. Uh, But Joe Burrow nearing the out-of-bounds territory. Whistle gets blown. Uh, And by ruling, uh, if there is a mess-up with the whistle, it is a replay of the down. Uh, If there was a score, the score does not count. If there was an incomplete pass, the incomplete pass does not count. It is a replay of the down. Now, the officials left the touchdown on the board. Uh, again, the whistle should have never been blown in the first place. It was uh, just not a good whistle. The ref clearly was not paying attention. 
Uh, Joe Burrow never stepped out of bounds uh, when he threw the ball. It was really just awful officiating, and honestly, it was awful officiating the entire weekend, in my opinion. But I do know that the crew for the Bengals-Raiders game is never going to do a playoff game ever again, uh, from what I was reading. So, But that doesn't really solve anything. I think refs need to be better. There's so many bad calls. I mean, roughing the passers, passes, pass interferences, uh, holding calls on offense, not getting called and getting called when it just doesn't make sense. Gotta be some. Gotta something's gotta change because it's bad for the sport. Moving on though, Bengals take that one twenty-six to nineteen. They move on, and they will face the Titans in the next round at Tennessee. Bills forty-seven, Patriots seventeen. This was one of the craziest blowouts. This was probably the craziest blowout of the entire weekend. I don't think anyone was expecting this. I, I expected the Bills to win, but not like this, considering the Patriots. Prior to this game, had arguably the number one defense, uh, but clearly the Bills do. After this one, Mac Jones, 24 of 38, 232 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. A pretty mediocre debut for him. I don't think anyone really thought he was going to do amazing. I mean, the Bills' defense is amazing, so and this guy's a rookie quarterback, but not the best debut, not really the worst debut, kind of just a meh day. Uh, I will say one of his picks, oh, Micah Hyde, made an insane play, kind of just snared it out of the air. Not, nothing Mac Jones could really do about that. Looked like a perfect ball about a drop in. But Micah Hyde made a beautiful play. The running backs didn't do anything in this game. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris uh, combined had 17 carries for 57 yards, no touchdowns. Couldn't get it done on the ground. Uh, and passing-wise, outside of Kendrick Bourne, having seven catches for 77 yards and the two touchdowns that Mac Jones threw, no one else really did anything in the area either. The D- defense had zero sacks, zero turnovers. I mean, it, truthfully, it was a pitiful day from the Patriots. Uh, I, I did, like I said, I, I didn't expect it to be like that. I expected it to be a little bit closer, maybe like a two-score game, but this was just utter demolition of the Patriots. So, I mean, this was a 30-point game. So, On the other side of things, Josh Allen only threw 25 passes, completed 21 of them. Great, great day from him. 308 yards, 5 touchdowns, no turnovers. He also had 6 carries for 66 yards, snatched a guy's ankles, uh, was running people over. He's a mountain of a man playing quarterback with a cannon. What can't the guy do? The guy will win MVP at some point. But 5 touchdown, 300-yard day, 66 rushing-yard day. I mean, he did everything that he needed to. They blow out the Patriots. Devin Singletary even getting in on the fun. I mean, he's been pretty mediocre all year. He had 16 carries for 81 yards and 2 touchdowns. He also had 3 catches for 13 yards. Dawson Knox made an incredible catch to start off the uh, uh, scoring uh, in the back of the end zone. Apparently, Josh Allen was just trying to throw it away, and Dawson Knox just that vert. That vertical got him up there, and he, he snatched it. Amazing catch from him. But he had five catches for 89 yards and two touchdowns. He also had, like, a little in route for a touchdown. And then Diggs had three catches for 60 yards, mostly locked up by J.C. Jackson. Did have that massive 45-yard catch over him. But outside of that, J.C. Jackson pretty much locked him up. But it didn't really matter because they were finding other ways to move the ball. The defense had three sacks, two interceptions, no fumble recoveries. But overall, everything that the Bills done was pretty much flawless. And again, the Bills take that 147-17. Now we move on to the first game on Sunday. Bucks take this one 31-15 against the Eagles. Jalen Hurts proving why he is not a good passer. I mean, you just watch him. Uh, I like qualities that he has. He's athletic. I think that he has leadership ability, but it's been his problem since college. He just cannot throw the ball. He has a weak arm. 
Uh, I just can't see him being a franchise quarterback. 23 carries for 43 yards, or no, not 23 carries, 23 completions to 43 attempts, 258 yards, one touchdown, did throw two picks. I mean, there was one play, Devonta Smith was absolutely wide open, ball should have been thrown at least five seconds earlier, okay, I'm exaggerating, maybe not five seconds earlier, but should have been thrown earlier, ends up getting picked, pretty embarrassing. Uh, he also had eight carries for 39 yards, so kind of a mad day on the ground for him. Boston Scott only had one carry in this game, but did go for 34 yards and a touchdown. Kenneth Gainwell had one carry for six yards and five catches for 49 yards and a touchdown. Miles Sanders relatively stuffed during this game. I believe he had something like seven carries for 16 yards right around there. Dallas Goddard was the Eagles receiving leader uh, for the day. Um, that doesn't really surprise me. He had six catches for 92 yards, no touchdowns. Dev- Devonta Smith had four catches for 60 yards. Should have had a touchdown, but uh, I just explained what happened. The defense did have four sacks, but they had no turnovers, and overall it was a pretty uh, easy game for the Bucs. They went by 16, simply put. Tom Brady, 29 of 37, 20, uh, 271 yards, two touchdowns. Really didn't even have to do much in this game. Uh, it was part of my predictions last week when I said that the instead of Brady going off, I figured that they would score early and then kind of control the run game, and that's exactly what they did. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, not that he averaged well, but... Did get 17 carries for 53 yards uh, and a touchdown. And he also had two catches for nine yards. Giovanni Bernard had 13 carries for 44 yards and a touchdown. He also had five catches for 39 yards. They were just finding different ways to get it done. Uh, You know, they're missing Antonio Brown after that whole debacle. And then Chris Godwin obviously tore his ACL. So they do have less talent on the offensive side of the ball now. Mike Evans had nine catches for 117 yards and one touchdown. Partially proved why I don't believe that. Darius Slay should have been all pro. Uh, Gronk had five catches for 31 yards and a touchdown. The defense did everything across the board. Two sacks, two interceptions, and a fumble recovery again. The Bucks take this 131-15. Easy business for TB12. The afternoon, not the afternoon game, the mid-afternoon game, early evening game, depending on where you live, uh, 49ers-Cowboys. 49ers take this 123-17, and a little bit more controversy in this one. Dak Prescott goes 23 of 43 for 254 yards, one touchdown, one interception, four carries for 27 yards, and a rushing touchdown for him. Uh, I'd say it's a pretty mediocre day for him. He did have two touchdowns, but he threw a pick and uh, barely completed 50% of his passes, only 254 yards in that span as well. Uh probably a mediocre day for him i'd say uh zeke uh, another thing that was proved to me this weekend zeke continuing his decline yes i understand he had a torn pcl but when alvin kamar had a torn mcl back in i believe 2019 everyone wanted to say that he was overrated so i'm going to continue to say that zeke is not good zeke is not good in my opinion he had 12 carries for 31 yards if you have a torn pcl then get out of the lineup you're just hurting the team in my opinion i think that zeke is washed now uh, he's always been a product of, go- of a good O-line, and you could say that about any running back, but I think the most evident running back is 100% Zeke. Dalton Schultz, uh, leading receiver for the day, seven catches for 89 yards, no touchdowns. Mark Cooper, six catches for 64 yards, and the only passing touchdown that Dak Prescott threw was to him. The defense had one interception, zero sacks, zero fumbles. Uh, outside of that one pick, the defense pretty much did absolutely nothing, so... And Jimmy Garoppolo on the other side of things, 16 for 25. Not the greatest day from him. He had 172 yards and an interception. But he didn't have to do much in this game because obviously the 49ers, a run first kind of uh, very mechanical offense when it comes to uh, running the ball. Elijah Mitchell did tote 27 carries for 
96 yards and a touchdown. Debo Samuel doing his typical thing. He had 10 carries in this game as well. So they ran the ball at least 37 times. I'm not sure if anyone else pitched in with the run game. But again, Debo also had 10 carries for 72 yards and a touchdown. And then he also added three catches for 38 yards. Brandon Ayuk, five catches for 66 yards. He was the leading receiver for the day. And the defense had five sacks, one interception, no fumble recoveries. But they were able to get it done. And then the controversy comes at the end of the game. Uh, basically what happened was I, I blame it on the Cowboys cause they should have never dialed up a, a QB draw, I believe was the play call and Dak tried to extend it a bit more and then they had the rush to the line and then next, you know, time expired and people are saying, Oh, well, when the official was putting the ball down or trying to get out of the way, he bumped into Dak Prescott. Well, if you're a professional football player, you should know that the official has to spot the ball. They, he can't. Dak Prescott cannot just go down and then wherever the ball was handed to the center and get ready for the next step. That is not how football works in the NFL. The official has to set the ball. And whether he bumped into him or not, it, it's still his, his duty to place the ball on the field for the center to then snap. And again, if you are a professional NFL athlete, you should know that. Uh, I'm not saying it's Dak Prescott's fault. I, I think that he was throwing, throwing a lot of blame at that. Uh, I think the Cowboys as a whole workout, Cowboys uh, uh, fans were also saying the same thing, but that is NFL rules. The official has to spot the ball and place it for the center to then snap for the next play. That's how it works. Could the official have been a little bit more agile? Sure. But in my opinion, the Cowboys should have never ran that, that play in the first place. Uh, I think running the ball, doing a QB draw there was absolutely foolish. So I blame the Cowboys in this in this instance. It's I think the Cowboys' fault. I I don't see how anyone could argue otherwise. Uh, and that and that's it for this game. Uh, so a little bit of controversy this weekend, uh, just for the Bengals game and the 49ers game. Of course, the games that were closest. Shocker. But I do think, again, I think that there's a fine line between how refs need to get better and that refs need to stop being blamed for everything. And there's a fine line that we need to draw. For the night game on Sunday, we had the Chiefs blow out of the Steelers. Chiefs win this one, 42-21. Ben Roethlisberger, uh, his career is looking like it's over. I'd be shocked if he came back. Uh, it should be over. I think he just needs to be done. Uh, clearly has no arm strength anymore. He's just not good anymore. Uh, he's probably a Hall of Famer. I don't doubt that, but he needs to retire. He went 29 to 44 for 215 yards. I mean, he completed 29 passes for 215 yards. It kind of says it all where his arm strength that is at, etc. He did have two touchdowns. Najee Harris pretty much doing nothing in this game, kind of like he's done all season. I'm not saying he did nothing all season, but just an, an extremely inefficient day to no surprise. Uh, 12 carries for 29 yards. I think he had two catches for negative one yards in the past game. I mean, it just the, if he lacks efficiency. That could be a, a problem with the O-line. Very well could be an issue with the O-line. I know their O-line is not good at all, but still, uh, that's an excusable. James Washington, two catches for 37 yards, one touchdown. Uh, Deontay Johnson had five catches for 34. And James Washington was a leading receiver, by the way. So 30, 37 yards is your leading receiver for the Steelers. I mean, that kind of says it all. Deontay Johnson, five catches for 34 yards and a touchdown. The defense did have three sacks, an interception, and a fumble recovery touchdown. And uh, they were winning 7 nothing, I believe, at first. And then the Chiefs decided to pour it on. Courtesy of Patrick Mahomes, who had 30 complete, who went 30 for 39 
404 yards and five touchdowns. Did have that one pick, but still, I mean, he still obliterated the Steelers. Uh, Jerick McKinnon, 12 carries for 61 yards, and he also had six catches for 81 yards, so 142 scrimmage yards, and then he also had a receiving touchdown uh, for a guy I really haven't heard of in a couple of years. Uh, crazy. It kind of blew my mind, to be honest. Travis Kelsey doing his usual thing, five catches for 108 yards. The other thing that may be not usual for Travis Kelsey is that he did throw a touchdown. He went one for one for two yards and threw a touchdown to Byron Pringle, who had five catches for 37 yards and two touchdowns. And then Tyreek Hill also had five catches for 57 yards and a touchdown. And then offensive lineman Nick Allegretti also had a receiving touchdown. So everyone, the, the wealth was spread in this game for the Chiefs. The defense had two sacks, one fumble recovery. Uh, not an insane day from the defense, but their offense was just able to score nonstop. And the Chiefs again take this 142-21. Last game, another blowout. Rams destroy the Cardinals 34-11. Kyler Murray looked awful in this game. The offensive line looked awful in this game. Uh, the offense looked awful in this game. The defense looked awful in this game. The Rams as a whole looked bad. Uh, you know, you're missing AJ. Or I, I believe you're missing AJ Green and DeAndre Hopkins, so it's definitely rough for them. Uh, I wasn't expecting them to win, but I was expecting them to put up a fight. Kyler Murray has 19 completions, 34 attempts, only 137 yards, two interceptions, absolutely no touchdowns, passing or rushing for Kyler Murray. Chase Edmonds had. Eight carries for 38 yards. James Conner had four carries for 19 yards and a touchdown. I'm really shocked that James Conner was not more involved. Uh, that bothers me because he's part of the reason that they got there. But James Conner, four carries, 19 yards and a touchdown. He had the only touchdown for the Cardinals. He also had a catch for five yards. Christian Kirk was the leading receiver with six catches for 51 yards, and the defense had one sack. Uh, extremely lackluster day from the Cardinals. Uh, they're going to want to put that one behind them. On the other side of things, Matt Stafford went 13 of 17, only had to complete 13 passes and only had to throw 17 uh, to win by three scores, which is crazy. He had 202 yards, two touchdowns. He also had six carries for 22 yards and a touchdown. Running game was pretty nice in this one. 13 carries for 58 yards for Sony Michelle. Cam Akers had 17 carries for 55 yards, and he also had a catch for 40 yards. Uh, Cooper Cup, five catches, 61 yards, and he touched down. Counter was quiet until the second half, uh, but still did, you know, did his thing. 61 yards and a touchdown, that's perfectly fine in a 34-11 game. Odell has been fantastic since going to the Rams. I mean, he has scored touchdowns in a lot of those games, and he's making an impact. He gets his first playoff win, I believe, and I believe... Matt Stafford also gets his first playoff win, or it might have been Odell's first playoff touchdown. I'm not really sure, but I know it was Matt Stafford's first playoff win. I'm not sure if it's the same for Odell. But he had four catches for 54 yards and a touchdown, and he also goes one-for-one one passing-wise for 40 yards. Had a nice big play. Uh, that was the one to Cam Akers, I believe. Him and Travis Kelsey very alike in this weekend. The defense had two sacks, two interceptions, no fumbles. Uh, but overall, great day from the Rams. Kind of did it everywhere, and they take this one thirty-four to eleven. And that is your Super Wild Card weekend. A lot of blowouts and only two close games. So our Wild Card weekend team MVPs. I said most of these guys' stats while I was doing the recap, but these are who I believe were the team MVPs for the Bengals. Yeah, you could say Joe Burrow, but I think Jamar Chase setting the tone at wide receiver is kind of what really really helped them out. Nine catches for 116 yards. And then, obviously, with the gadget plays, th three carries for 23 yards. I mean, that's that's big. Uh, it was getting some key first downs. 
Bills, Josh Allen, I mean, it's clear the 21 for 25, 308 yards and five touchdowns, and then 66 yards on the ground. I mean, it speaks for itself. That's 100% your Bills MVP. You could also say the defense for absolutely demolishing the Patriots offense, but I think player-wise it has to be Josh Allen. Uh, for the Bucs, uh, I, I said it was Mike Evans. Tom Brady did have a decent day, but again, uh, very tough matchup against Darius Slay with no other prominent receivers out on the field. You're missing A.B., you're missing... Chris Godwin, and he did very, very well working against Slay. Nine catches for 117 yards and a touchdown. Great day from Mike Evans. 49ers, Debo Samuel, your gadget guy, some people's favorite player in the league. He's just so entertaining to watch. He had 10 carries for 72 yards, a touchdown, and then three catches for 38 yards. He is your 49ers MVP. The Chiefs, now, I might get heckled for this, but like I, I get that Patrick Mahomes had an amazing day with five touchdowns and one interception, but... I literally have not heard Jarek McKinnon's name be brought up in the last two years. It's been a while since he started at some point. And he he wrapped up racked up 142 scrimmage yards and a touchdown in this one. Like, I get it was a blowout, and it might sound crazy. And, I, and again, I know Pat Mahomes threw five touchdowns, but I think that just situationally, like, Jarek McKinnon deserves this. He does. He showed out in a huge way after no one had heard his name for a while. So I just, I want to give him the credit here. Uh, I'm not taking anything away from Patrick Mahomes. He is, uh, you know, I could do co-MVP, but I just want to show love to Jarek McKinnon. Then for the Rams, no one really stood out to me. So I'm going to give it to David Long, the man who had the early pick six in the game. I think that was a tone setter. I think that got the entire team amped to work hard and, 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 and you know, want to blow out the Cardinals, especially because they're a divisional opponent. Uh, so I'm giving it to David Law and the man with the pick six. Now, those are your wild card, super wild card weekend team MVPs. I want to move on to our 2021 All Pro team uh, and go over a couple of things, things I agree with, things I disagree with. So, first team we got Aaron Rodgers, quarterback. I, I I'm not a fan of Aaron Rodgers, not because of his talent. I just hate him as a person. But talent wise, it's undeniable. 100% should have been. First team all pro, if not, should have been Brady. I believe he was second team all pro, but definitely give this one to Aaron Rodgers. Running back Jonathan Taylor, I think that there's no questions asked there. Tight end Mark Andrews, 100%. Wide receivers Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, Debo Samuel, absolutely nothing I'd change there. Uh, your offensive line Trent Williams, Tristan Wirfs, Joel Batonio, Zach Martin, Jason Kelsey, again, nothing I'd disagree with. Your edge rushers. Uh, we got T.J. Watt, Miles Garrett. Again, nothing I'd change there. Uh, potentially, I don't really know if Nick Bosa is considered an edge rusher or a uh, defensive end. I'm not 100% sure how it works. Uh, but I think he could have been on there uh, if Miles Garrett and T.J. Watt didn't have the seasons that they had. Uh, I think Nick Bosa would likely be over Miles Garrett, in my opinion. But still, I'm pretty okay with these picks. Cam Hayward and Aaron Donald, both obviously interior linemen, make sense. Linebackers, Micah Parsons, Darius Leonard, both amazing seasons. And then Devondre Campbell, I know he had a good season. I'm just tired of DeMario Davis getting second team All-Pro when he shows out every single season. And that's one of the biggest reasons our defense is what it is. Uh, but I understand. Cornerbacks, this is where I disagree. Trayvon Diggs and Jalen Ramsey, both first-team All-Pro. Jalen Ramsey, 100% should be. Trayvon Diggs is the most overrated corner in the league. I do credit his ball-hawking ability 100%. But when you're giving out 
when you're giving up a thousand yards, the most touchdowns, and then the most yards per catch, uh, I can't agree with that. I think Trayvon Diggs, just because of the interception, should be second team All Pro. And the other second team, the second team All Pros for cornerbacks are J.C. Jackson and A.J. Terrell. I believe that it should be J.C. Jackson because he had the picks and have the coverage skills, uh, was able to lock down people throughout the season, especially moving into cornerback uh, one with Stephon Gilmore gone. Trayvon Diggs being first-team All-Pro to me, it's not a joke, but it's blasphemy at the same time. Like, the 11 picks most in the last 40 years, I understand that. Like, I get it, but in essence, I think that it should be J.C. Jackson. Safeties, we got Kevin Byard and Jordan Poyer. Fine with that. Special teams plays kicker. Uh, Justin Tucker doesn't shock me. Punter AJ Cole. I know he had a good season, but I want. I think that it should have been Blake Gillikin. Uh, one of. The, I think he was the best punter this entire season, and I'm not saying that just because I'm a Saints fan, but uh, what, the amount of times where we got stopped, stopped in midfield and this guy would pin him within the five or or the ten, or or we'd be pushed back beyond midfield and he'd still pin him within the twenty. I mean, he was phenomenal all year. I think he had the most. Uh, punts pinned within their 20 the opposing team's 20 so I just I don't know I just feel like I have to give it to I have to give it to Blake Gillikin eh sure there might be a little bit of bias but still I'm giving it to him kick returner Braxton Berrios I know he had a very good season punt returner Devin Duvernay special teamer JT Gray that's my guy New Orleans he makes like every single year uh and then long snapper uh, to be honest with you, I couldn't tell tell you anything about long snappers. Luke Rhodes, uh, congrats to him. Now our second team, Tom Brady, wouldn't uh, wouldn't question that. Running back, there was no selection uh, for second team All Pro. I thought that was very interesting. I don't really understand that uh, why there wasn't one, but we're gonna go ahead and put one in there anyway. Uh, I think my All Pro running back. Or second team All Pro running back would probably be Austin Eckler. He had the touchdowns. He had the scrimmage yards. Uh, give it to him. Uh, I don't understand that why there wasn't a selection. I, I kind of think that's a little bit messed up, but I guess that's how it works sometimes. Tight end Travis Kelsey to no surprise. Wide receivers Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Uh, couldn't argue with that either. Uh, both of them. If the other guys Cooper Cup, Devonte Adams, and Debo Samuel, if they didn't have the season they had, these guys would be first-team All-Pro, no question. Left tackle, Rashawn Slater. I know he had an amazing year as a rookie. Uh, I'm really shocked that Creed Humphrey is not on here somewhere uh, for center, whether it's second or first team. But he is not on there, and that, that kind of bothers me a bit. He was best rookie offensive lineman throughout the season. I'm actually very surprised. But... Continuing on with the second-team All-Pro linemen, Lane Johnson, right tackle, left guard, Quentin Nelson, right guard, Wyatt Taylor, center, Corey Lindsley. Again, that does not really shock me. All these guys sound like they should be on there. I know Wyatt Taylor has kind of emerged in the last two seasons. Corey Lindsley had a great season. Uh, the center for the Chargers. doesn't really, Again, doesn't surprise me, but I do think that Creed Humphrey has to be on here. Uh, defense, edge rushers, Robert Quinn and Max Crosby. This is where I would have slotted in Nick Bosa. I know Max Crosby led the league in pressures, but he only had eight sacks. I think Nick Bosa, especially coming off the injury that he had, could be comeback player of the year if it wasn't for the fight between Dak and Joe Burrow. Uh, I think Max Crosby's got to be replaced with Nick Bosa. Interior lineman Chris Jones, no surprise. Jeffrey Simmons, uh, I think that's his first all-pro selection. Congrats to him. He was a young player having some trouble 
uh, really developing with Tennessee. He was a first-round pick, uh, but now now he's doing well, so good, good for him. And then linebackers, Demar Davis, it's just it frustrates me sometimes. Uh, Roquan Smith, Bobby Wagner, all makes sense. Not shocked. Cornerbacks, J.C. Jackson, again, should have been first-team All-Pro, and then swap Trayvon Diggs down here. And then A.J. Terrell. A.J. Terrell, I'd even argue, is All-Pro over Terrell, uh, over Trayvon Diggs. I mean, the interceptions are so flashy, and I, I, I get that they're nice, but in the end of the day, I want a guy who's going to lock up the number one receiver and not give him 100 yards and get one pick. Safeties. We got Justin Simmons, Micah Hyde, and Buda Baker. No shocker here. I I understand that completely. Now, I do think they threw a third uh, safety in here because there was a tie. Uh, that would make sense. Uh, so, yeah, those are your safeties. Uh, special teams, Dylan Carlson, or Daniel Carlson. I, I have been calling him Dylan Carlson the entire year because there's a Dylan Carlson in the MLB, uh, and I've seen his name so much that I keep calling him that. But Daniel Carlson, a lot of fantasy savior uh, with his game. Uh, great kicker. Give it to him. Punter Brian Anger, again, second team. Like, I feel like it's got to be Blake Gillikin. He's got to be on there somewhere, and that's really bothering me now. Kirk returner for the Rams, Andre Roberts. Punt returner, Jakeem Grant, Chicago. Uh, special teamers, Matt Slater. Matt Slater literally makes it every single season. And then Ashton Doolin, it was actually a tie. So this is probably the closest he's come to not making All-Pro, but Ashton Doolin, he is there. And then long snapper Josh Harris, congrats to him. Don't really know much about long snappers, but good for him. So those are all, that's my all-pro recap. Not a lot I changed, mainly just the Trayvon Diggs uh, thing and the Blake Gillikin, uh, and then maybe trying to get Nick Bosa on there somewhere, and then also not having a second-team all-pro running back. Interesting. Now, moving on, uh, and this is what's going to conclude our episode. We got our divisional round predictions. These are what I think is going to happen in each one of these games. And I'm going to stick by them until I'm wrong. And then I will let you know that I'm wrong next weekend. So for the Bengals, Titans game, Bengals are going to be playing at the Titans. Bengals are the four seed. Titans are the one seed. Joe Burrow, I think throws for 300 plus yards and three touchdowns. I think Mixon goes for 100 plus rushing yards. And I also, I want to, I don't think that, some of these are bold. Some of these are not bold. It's kind of just in the middle. But Joe Burrow, 300-plus yards, three touchdowns. I think Joe Mixon has 100-plus rushing yards and a touchdown. I think Jamar Chase has 100-plus yards and a touchdown. And I think the Bengals win this one comfortably, 34 to 34 to 24 against the Titans. Uh, that might seem shocking considering the Titans are the one seed, but what's shocking to me is that the Titans are the one seed. Uh, no Derrick Henry. I get that their defense is playing well, but they've been missing A.J. Brown and Julio pretty much the majority of the season. I think Mike Vrabel is mainly the reason why they're the one seed. Mike Vrabel had an insane coaching year. Uh, he was also my team MVP when I was doing playoff team MVPs. But I do think the Bengals kick the Titans out of their first seed spot and move on to the conference championship. And then I have the Bills at Chiefs. The Chiefs are pro- I don't know who's going to be favored in this game. I could very well see the Bills being favored. And I do think that the Bills win this one. So I think Josh Allen goes for 250-plus yards and three touchdowns. I think he also goes for 75-plus rushing and a touchdown on the ground. And I think that the Chiefs' offense just won't be able to keep up with the Bills' defense. I think they, they, they stay competitive, but I just think in the end it's it's going to be uh, very troublesome for, for the Chiefs to get, get by against that Bills' defense. Uh, now, my score prediction for the game is 31-27, and you're probably saying, oh, well, I thought you said the Chiefs' offense won't keep up. I think it's going to be one of those situations where going into the final 
you know, six, seven minutes. It's going to be 31 to 20 Bills, and then the Chiefs are going to score a touchdown, and then it's going to get close, but the Bills are going to end up winning. 49ers at Packers. We saw what happened last time they faced each other in the postseason, but I think Aaron Rodgers gets the best of them this time. I really don't want the Packers to win, but being a realistic football fan, I think they do. I think he goes for 300 yards and three touchdowns. I think Adams has an amazing day. I think he goes for 100-plus yards and two touchdowns, uh, feeling refreshed coming off that first-round bye. Uh, and then this is the real prediction, that, or the crazy prediction I have in here. For a very good 49ers D-line, I think A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones can combine for 150-plus scrimmage yards. That would just mean receiving and rushing each of them would have to get a combined 75. I think that's more than possible. Uh, I think the Packers win this one 27-21. I think it's going to be a close, close game most of the way, but I think Aaron Rodgers just puts them away. Uh, in the closing moments, and then the 49ers just won't be able to get back down the field. And then for the last game, Rams at Bucks. I really want, I really want the Rams to win, but I'm never gonna doubt Tom Brady is the thing. And obviously, being a Saints fan, I never want the Bucks to win except last week against the Eagles because I can't stand Eagles fans. They're delusional sometimes. They're extremely biased. It's crazy how people still think Jalen Hurts is a good passer. It blows my mind. But I think Matt Stafford and Brady both have 300-plus yard days, and I think they both throw for 300, or 300. Well, yeah, I think they both throw for 300 yards, but I think they also throw for three touchdowns each. But again, I'm just not going to doubt the GOAT. I just can't. It's not, it's, I don't, I'm not capable of doing so. I can't. I just can't. I think Brady wins this shootout, and the Bucks win in a close 133-230. That is going to be it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, the divisional round weekend should be something very fun to watch. A lot of good matchups. Uh, some very young players to be on the lookout for. You know, we got Debo out there. We got Joe Burrow out there. We got Jamar out there. We got a, a two season quarterbacks in the in the Bills Chiefs game with Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. And we also have two more veteran quarterbacks, one more so than the other, Brady versus Stafford. Uh, it's going to be a good weekend. Uh, I'm not ready for this season to conclude, but. Let's get it. It is going to be a good weekend, and I hope you guys enjoyed. I just have one last question. Are you down to football?